0: Today, we have the pleasure of meeting Allison Brown. She is the founder of Healing from a Mother Wound. As my mother said, that's such a fitting name to be able to voice where she is with such intelligence and articulation, to be able to express her hurts and her pains, but do it from a respectful place. Now, of course, she's on a journey of healing with her mother, And a mother loves their daughters. We love all our children. I happen to only have one, my daughter, but we love our daughters. So I'm certain Allison's mother is such a proud mother at this moment to watch her daughter go through this journey of healing. So, what I am excited about is that Allison brought with her not just the one sided story, she's allowing us to be able to see what it looks like to heal, to forgive, to trust again. I love it. She's allowing us to see what it looks like on the inside of the daughter so that we as mothers can venture in and understand the ways. There are waves that we sometimes have to float upon, but there are oftentimes we miss it. And Allison allows us to see the areas that we miss because she brought a full awareness to the word acceptance that I think we all will appreciate. So without further anticipation, let's meet Allison. Hi, Allison. How are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. You're looking adorable. I'm loving that hat. Oh, thank you
1: so much. Thank you,
0: dude. That jumper is everything. So I just want to tell you that. Okay, I appreciate
1: that. You're
0: welcome.
1: You are beautiful yourself. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. So I want us to first. I want to thank you for coming on and being able to chat with me and the women regarding. Um, mother daughter relationships. I so appreciate you for that. I also know that today you were doing something that I love that's dear to me and you were spending time with women and regarding relationships. It's designed for women and you all had a brunch today.
1: That's right. That's right. I just got back. Um, um, I, along with one of my friends, Dara Jones, we get together and um, we've created a a space called The Healing Gathering, where we gather um, women to just kind of kick back and relax and enjoy good food and enjoy good vibes and enjoy each other. And we foster deeper connections amongst each other because we can get carried away oftentimes with um, the day-to-day challenges of Motherhood, uh, wifehood, whatever, whatever that is, working, um, and even in healing work, right? We can we yes. can get overwhelmed trying to become that we don't take enough time to just be. So um, that's what today was about, and it was an incredible time. We had an amazing time, and it's always good to just um, be around like-minded people, especially like-minded women. It just it feels good.
0: Yes. I love that. I love that. Now I was wondering how I would start our interview off. I was thinking about it. I was trying to figure it out because I'm a mother and the Main reason why I feel like God just thrusted me into this, right? Is <laughs> because I actually have a turbulent relationship with my daughter. And my daughter is in her 30s, and it's mm-hmm. not the uh, best relationship. But God has shown me, and I know that it's not just words, He has shown me Mm -hmm. that there's a a purpose and a reason, and He has shown me that He will mend this relationship as a whole. So, your story captivates me in so many ways because you are the daughter, and I'm on the opposite side as a mother. So, what I have I'm going to tell you right now, I know I have at least 45 questions, but of course, we cannot get through those, right? We cannot. Because I want to be able to have the women, mothers and daughters, be able Mm -hmm. to communicate to be able or hear the communication from a daughter's side, And mothers can hear, okay, what is it that my daughter is experiencing? Mm -hmm. And then a daughter that can say, oh, I saw her come to healing. How did she get there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, if we can start with, I thought we would start here. So, first, I want to ask you, what is a mother's wound to you?
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. I define a mother wound as an emotional injury caused by a generational deficit in the mother-child relationship that forms self-critical, codependent, and controlling behaviors, which often show up as people-pleasing and perfectionism and like with boundaries and the list goes on and
0: on and on. Okay. So in the second parts of that is your mission. So you have a mission, you have your mission and you have your why. Again, another thing that I absolutely love because I believe we need to know what our mission is. We yeah. have to know the why. And I also put on mine, how, how am I going yeah. to do this? I love, that. So I love that you have that. So if I'm going to read it really fast. And it's you just your inner child healing coach is who you are, who helps black women heal and overcome the pain of the mother wound. There are countless women suffering in silence because they have no language for their experience. Not only it says you not only hold space for that pain, but creates opportunities for us to address and overcome them. That's the mission. But let's go to the why. Mother wounds are emotional injuries caused by a generational deficit in the mother-child relationship that forms codependent, critical, and controlling behaviors. (laughs) Healing the mother wound reconnects us with our inner child, validates our God-given identity, and allows us to maintain Healthy relationships with ourselves and others. Now, <laughs> Allison, I'm the controller. You spoke <laughs> to the controller in me. Would you like to speak to that? The you absolutely, your-
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um, those of us who uh, have experienced woundedness in our childhood from our mothers, um, that often shows up in controlling behaviors, and we demonize that behavior oftentimes, and it is a toxic trait. It is a toxic trait, but I will admit I, I too have those behaviors, and it stems from um, a lack of safety. So, what we do, because we all come into this world with the same set of needs, those needs look differently for each person, but overall, we all have the same general human needs. And one of those basic needs is safety. And when we don't have safety—physical safety, emotional safety, spiritual safety—our bodies, we were created to do whatever necessary to get that need met. So when we have experienced woundedness and don't address those wounds, our ego, our, our makeup, try somehow to get to safety, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can control it, and if I can control an environment, because oftentimes those of us, those of us with mother wounds, we grew up in. Unstable environments. We, it was a bit chaotic. We, maybe it wasn't domestic violence, or maybe it wasn't drug abuse, but maybe it was emotional neglect, or maybe mm. we didn't know if mom was going to be happy today or or not. Maybe she was going to pop off, or maybe she was cool. We just didn't know if it was going to be hot or cold. Um, and that uncertainty uh, it it gave a voice us, where we now need to have stability, and we try to control that. We try to force it. Um, and oftentimes we do that by being controlling and not even realizing. A lot of times these behaviors are subconscious. We don't even realize we're doing it. We're simply trying to get a need met, and this is why it's so it's so important to address the wound because we don't mm-hmm. even realize our toxic behaviors. We're simply just trying to to remain safe because that wasn't mm-hmm. provided to us in our childhood.
0: Wow. Okay. Did you have to go that deep so soon? Did you have I'm to go? Sorry. <laughs> because you just all up in my kool-aid okay so let me let me say this i was definitely that controlling mother and it came your points are so on point when we are working with and that deficit part is so powerful because i came from woundedness not necessarily that i had um the um maybe drug abuse and all that thing in my life. No, it wasn't that, but it was the things that happened to me. So we, um, one thing that's not a secret for me is that I was sexually violated when I was a five-year-old uh, from a family member, and then I was raped at 14 years old. Mm. So I had these control issues of I have to keep my daughter safe. And so I also, because of that, had emotional detachment issues that I didn't realize I was carrying, so I couldn't give that to my baby girl, and it was unbeknownst to me. I literally did not know this until I went through counseling and emotional healing, where I found out that there's a space inside of me that I did not have the capacity to give to my daughter because I didn't know how to give it. But I loved her with everything. And this is important. Everything I knew how to love her with. I had never loved another human being that way since. So that is important that you talk about that um, when we're controlling that deficit, the safety piece of it, because as mothers, we come in wanting to protect our children. I'm a mother of only one. And it's a daughter that I never thought we would have a turbulent relationship Anybody that knows us would have told you not those two. They're Mm going to be close, thick as thieves Mm -hmm. all their Mm -hmm. days. But there was another thing that took place with you and your mom. Because you're in a better place now. Can you talk to if you can two parts of this, if you can talk to mothers and then daughters. And I'll speak from a part of a mother if you like. What that looks like now, as you're building that relationship with your mother.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, thank you for being so transparent and sharing parts of your story. And I hate that you experienced that. I really, really do. It sucks. It's so unnecessary and shouldn't. It shouldn't thank happen. And I appreciate you being open about that. Hopefully, um, if just one person can be can can be stopped from that happening too, I appreciate you, um, Thank you. I want to answer that sort of by speaking to something that you said regarding your experience and how that catapulted you into motherhood and how you showed up in motherhood. Um, I do believe that every mother, whether that is a birth mom, an adoptive mom, um, however we come into motherhood or not, I do believe mothers truly have good intentions, regardless of how they respond or how they show, I do believe each mother comes to motherhood with good intentions. Maybe not with the tools, maybe not Mm -hmm. with the know-how all the time, of course not with the guidebook, (laughs) Um, but I do believe that um, most moms have pure intentions towards their children. Mm -hmm. And um, I think oftentimes we are so determined, well, mothers are so determined to protect the child that oftentimes the mother doesn't stop long enough to assess Mm. the child's needs so they're mothering from a wounded place instead of um trying to ascertain what that individual what that set of needs Mm. is for that specific child so i was harmed I'm going to go into motherhood doing anything I can to make sure they're not harmed. Right? That is. Yes. So we project. We project that pain. We project that fear, and um, it tends to come out possibly as you know, overly critical. I'm sure there are tons of things that my mother was trying to uh, prevent me from experiencing, and instead of being transparent and, say, and sitting me down at age of, at, at an appropriate age wow. and saying. I don't want you to experience mm. these. For these are the things that I'm trying to keep you from. Instead of having those transparent conversations, there were just tons of barriers and tons of guards and tons of restrictions and tons of criticism and all this other stuff. And as a child, we are blank, mm. blank pages. We do not know your story unless you tell it to us. So all we get to do is perceive from our capacity and from our vantage point, we get to perceive all this behavior and we personally we, we internalize it, we take it personal, how can we not take it personal,
0: right? Yes. So
1: your intentions were pure, but the impact was harmful and damaging mm. um, because I don't know what you went through yet you are... Treating me as the enemy, and I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? Help, I'll I'll do whatever, and that and that's how we tend to come into the people pleasing. Well, maybe if I do this, my mom will uh, will approve mm-hmm. of me more, or maybe if I do that, maybe if I change, or you know, so we start picking away at our, at our personality, at our identity, trying to get this approval from a person who seems to not really mm-hmm. work with us like that, and it's this super unfortunate experience. But again, I do acknowledge that the intention is pure. I I, I think what, what is tough for mothers to hear is our ex we did experience these things, right? Like the, the pain is there. Um, but we're saying this because we want to restore the relationship. If we didn't care, we would not be sharing, you know, um what happened. We would simply disconnect, you know, go our separate ways and call it a day. Um us sharing this is us seeking reconciliation and seeking restoration and seeking understanding because the mother wound creates such loneliness within a child especially when there wasn't there weren't outward there weren't obvious reasons for this wound there wasn't um i wasn't physically abandoned right like you said there wasn't necessarily drug abuse happening or uh domestic violence around or we weren't being physically harmed um and that's that's where the shame comes in and, and how we can suffer in silence for decades because it's on the outside we seemingly had everything we need we got we got you know we ain't missing meals we're in school we're clothed. we're going to church you know but those are just basic needs we have so mm-hmm. many more needs um and It is okay for us to speak up and say, hey, I have needs that weren't met. That does not mean you did not meet these other needs. You did all you could, you sacrificed, you gave up all you had, you gave everything you had, and we appreciate that and we honor that and we are grateful for that. We thank God for our mothers. Mm -hmm. And we also have other needs that were not met and therefore we have a void and now we are responsible for healing.
0: Now, you may not have seen me on a regular basis, but one of the things in the beginning of this journey, I could not stop crying. I couldn't get on a podcast without crying because Mm -hmm. it was such a struggle. It's still a struggle. But as you were speaking, I'm over here and I'm not kidding with inside myself saying, Lord, help me not to shed these tears because Mm -hmm. she is genuinely pouring out from her heart what as mother's. We need to understand, but then how do we fix it? Yeah. So, because now you're in a space where you're beyond that, but you were speaking of the speaking up, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the concerns that I have, if I may, there are often times where, which happens with my daughter and I, mm-hmm. that there are verbal harsh words used that are spewed at as at us as mothers we yes. get the curse out we there's yeah. fighting that happens yes. where daughters are literally fighting their mothers mm-hmm. and how does one as a daughter maybe I should ask it this way as a daughter did you ever find yourself on that side of being verbally abusive to your mom verbal or physical either or is bad you know in the book of it all but that causes a mother to draw back. For sure. For sure. How do we handle that?
1: I think, so yes, to answer your question, I absolutely have been the daughter who has been disrespectful in my words. Um, no physical abuse, um, but I do understand that that happens. I know, personality person like that. Listen, I'm from the deep south. There are certain things, I don't care how old that I am. It is some it's certain things you just ain't not do. <laughs> oh, so that. ain't no curse, not mamas around here. Um, but I absolutely have gotten into you know verbal spats with my mother because um yes, just I want to put a period there. I absolutely have dishonored her with my words. And um there was for sure a divide and tension there, and again. I think that happens. I think it's important to speak about the why, right? Because we're talking about healing and getting to the root of that thing. Yes. A mom has the right to respond however she wants to respond when she has been disrespected, right? I think mm-hmm. a mom has the right to put a boundary up to say whatever you need to say or do whatever you need to do to make sure you are not um, in harm's way because yeah. respect, respect is a two way street, right? Um, So, you have the right to put a boundary there. I think, however, it's very important to speak to what even led to that. And let me speak for myself. Okay. I got to a point where, after so many years of being unheard, of not being, or feeling like I wasn't valued, of not being listened to, I don't, I no longer respect you. Mm -hmm. You don't respect me. So now without all this healing stuff, right? This is prior to, to the deep inner work I've done. i don't know all that stuff. All I know is this is the human who don't respect me. Mm. So I don't got no respect for you. I don't, I don't do that, that, oh, she's my mother. So I had to, I am not obligated to honor you when you don't honor me. Cause I'm a mm. person, right? So sure. Now I got words for you because. I feel disrespected and at some point we all we all have a breaking point and our ego is there to protect us um and it's our responsibility of course to to quiet that ego but when unchecked that ego is going to rise up and defend um so there have been moments but I think it's because you talk talking about years and years and years of a child feeling unwanted feeling unloved feeling, unloved, feeling unaccepted feeling un- unappreciated um so that's where it comes from how we fix that though is we have to have some honest conversations, mm. we got to get real with this stuff we have to i think oftentimes we say we have a lack of vulnerability but we're gonna have to at some point take the risk of vulnerability and be honest mom you hurt me this mm. isn't anger this is sadness this is frustration this is me feeling unwanted we have to get to the root what 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 is that anger speaking to? What is that rage speaking to? And hopefully the mother will acknowledge what the daughter is saying. And then there's space for the mother to respond and say, you know what? I didn't realize what was going on, but this is what was going on with me. Because ultimately um, we're just two people trying to figure this thing called life out.
0: Come on. Right?
1: We're just trying to figure it out. And we're not always focused on the uh, on another party's needs, right? We're typically selfish human beings. And I say that not in, the, not in the negative connotation of selfish, but we are created to get our needs met, right? So oftentimes mm-hmm. our primary focus is to get our needs met. Um, so we have to begin to shed the layers, right? And be honest and, and, and open and transparent and vulnerable and say, I am hurt, I mm-hmm. am hurt. And also, I I had to go to my mom and apologize too. Because mm-hmm. yes, I wanted an apology, but I also had to apologize for the ways I hurt her within my woundedness, right? Because hurt people yeah. hurt people. That's how this works. Which is why we gotta heal. But I had to apologize too and take ownership of my part. Because see, I'm responsible for me. When when I go to God praying about do this, Lord, do that, fix this, fix her, do that. God is saying, what, well, sis, I need you to do your part. Um, so I've had to apologize to my mom because I, I didn't always do the right things, even trying to figure out how we reconcile, trying to figure out how we heal this. I didn't always do the right thing. So I absolutely had to humble myself and go back to her, even in my woundedness, even though I'm I'm the, you know, I'm the victim, I still had to go back. And I put that in air quotes if you're just listening and not watching. I I had to go back and apologize, even in moments of my own pain, because I recognize I'm not the only one hurting. That's right. Um, So yeah, there there has to be space for real conversations, for real vulnerability and for real transparency.
0: Oh my goodness. So let me jump in here. I'm going to speak for your mother and I don't know her. Okay. (laughs) As mothers, we forgive our, like I said, I I say daughter, but I don't, if it's having to be a mother with a son that's struggling Mm -hmm. with something, please don't think that I'm disregarding you as a mother. Um, it's just that I'm a mother of a daughter. And my what God has given me and birthed inside of me is the mending of relationships yeah. because of my own broken relationship with my daughter. And I've given this my all. So I don't want anyone to feel like they're disregarded. You're not a disregarded entity in this. But speaking from a mother, if I may speak on behalf of your mother, we forgive our daughters. There is nothing. I say this all the time because I mean it. I have my daughter and I have five nieces and nephews. And so they're all grown. Mm -hmm. uh, And what they know, and my daughter knows, there is nothing you could do on the face of this earth ever that would make me not love you. Nothing. I can forgive you whatever you do. It's it's forgiveness is there. We love our daughters. We love our children. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you were talking about the, I wanted to come back to this, if I could circle back as parents, as mothers to just share with our daughters, our hurts and pains. And I can, they're whew about to be transparent again. Like it's like the Lord don't let one thing. It's like okay, Lord, haven't we done enough transparency here? It's like but um raising my daughter because I had my rule book of how it needed to be done. I had to I was hiding behind my own hurts and pains and those masks because I needed my daughter to be a certain Way meaning, I'm raising you to be um successful, I'm raising you to love the Lord, I'm raising you to have morals and values, I'm raising you to be respectful, and by all costs, by golly, you're gonna be these things, so it's like I did that, but I never told my daughter why, and had I just told her why. But I couldn't at the time because I was hiding myself. But had I just been real and open, there's so much that we may have skipped over. Now, again, do I believe this was my journey to be had? I do. Because there's no voice like mine. There's no one that's going to be as bold as I am. In my own uniqueness, in my own skin, and in my own right, and I had to ask Lord out of eight because there I had to look it up. I'm one day laying and I'm praying because I get up every morning, 5 a.m., and I'm up praying. I'm before the Lord. Before I could get out of the bed, it was so clear. What is the census? Of the world, and I'm like, why do I want to know what the census of the world is? I don't need to know, but I've learned enough to jump up. So the point I'm making is, I jump, I go, and I look to see. I look it up. What is the census? We are over eight billion. I think it was nine billion. It's close to nine billion people. And when I began to pray, it was just like, I'm using you. And all these people were this. And that's a scary thing because, and it's important as well because I remember asking God time and time again, who am I that you would use me? I don't have what it takes. I don't know what you're asking of me to do here. So that census thing was critical for me. But I'm saying all of that to say, It had to happen this way so that God could use the uniqueness in us because the young woman that I see you to be and how you had to find a place of forgiveness and own it. God is allowing me to see with you. I'm going to do the same thing with your daughter where she will be able to see and own, and be able to understand because there takes understanding as well but not getting off us as mothers, as mothers, we have to be able to say, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I didn't get it all right. Because something I would get stuck on, Allison, and I actually have that question here, but I have the question a different way, but now I'm going to ask it another way. My question was pertaining to why is it that as mothers, we get 80% right But the 20% we get wrong, we're beat up for it so badly. And that's the thing that if I could help, if that could be understood. But here's what I'm just getting. The 20% that we, we think in 80% is a huge number. So we got 80% right. But what if the 20% wounded them so bad that the 80% was pennies and i think that's what i'm hearing you say yeah and and
1: i would like to respond to that in a bit different way instead of the age 20 i think it's a matter of looking at our needs in a holistic way because yeah. um i think that that is reasonable right why are we so prone to focus on the negative? Um, why is it so easy to point out what wasn't there versus what was? Mm-hmm. And this might be a bit controversial, but it is what it is. Let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> Back to what I said about the the hierarchy of needs. We all have a hierarchy of needs, right? And we let's assume that there's a triangle. And this this analogy is based on um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There's this triangle, right? And at the very base of that triangle, you have all of your basic needs. This is water. This is food. This is shelter, right? Um, and then it goes to um, like connectedness and and, and um, emotional needs, right? These are still basic needs, right? And then you go from there, and you right? These are as we Get each set of needs met, we can then go to the next one. What I believe is a lot of mothers um, overestimate the needs they have met mm. because they focus on the very base level food, clothes, shelter. We, none of us, not any mother in this world, not any father, not any child, none of us asked to be here. So we're placed into a situation that we didn't ask for and we are demanded to mm. be grateful for our very basic needs being met.
0: I'm going to need you to stop that. I'm going to need you to stop tearing us up, but go ahead.
1: It. it I mean, it, and I, I really want us to get this. I really do because this isn't a shot at parents. This isn't a shot. This is science. <laughs> this is social science. This we all have needs. if we go, and this is what happens. Every generation wants the next to be better, right? Mm -hmm. And we, I can speak for millennial women. We come from um, moms who were uh, born and raised in the 50s and 60s and 70s, right? Um, It was a different time then. So socially, culturally, societally, we have many more liberties than our moms. And the same can be said for them in comparison to their moms. Right? So oftentimes moms are looking at us, like you have so much more. Why are you not more grateful? Mm-hmm. But we have to look at it from the lens of basic human needs. If I have more clothes than you, it does not really mean much because clothes is still a basic need. If I have more food options than you, I, it's not, why is it on me to be more grateful because you didn't have the food I got? It's still a basic need. Did you get, I hope y'all hear my heart when I'm saying this. We're talking about basic needs being met and safety and emotional security. These are basic human needs. We're not asking for too much to have, to have basic needs met. Right. And I think what oftentimes happens is we're thinking that 20% is some luxury. That's the extra stuff. No, 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 no. We need the whole hundred. We need the whole, we need We human. all of us do. We need the whole hundred. We need, we need these things. We've designed us this way. He, he, uh, he designed us so beautifully and so wonderfully. So when those certain needs aren't met, regardless of why, because sometimes the need, the need isn't met because our moms working two and three jobs and just was doing her very best and couldn't oftentimes the woundedness isn't because she wanted to wound us sometimes it just happened sometimes circumstances were just there right where we, we it just happened and even in those situations we still have the right to say i didn't get my needs met um, let's not talk about why they weren't met let's just talk about now how we move forward to get the need met because it's still in need. we're not talking about luxuries we're talking about necessities human necessities specifically when it comes from the very person that we that we came out of her womb i would hope that you would want to meet the needs of a child of a child that you birthed, that you raised i would hope that um that w- when a child says thank you for the 80 you did right but can we talk about the 20 that i didn't get and have you look at that like thank you um because again it's almost like and holy ghost, help me if this is not the right analogy, mm. but it's almost like going to do a job at work, right? You have your roles and responsibilities. When you, when you you know, interview for that job, you are given, right, be, be, even before you apply, you see these are, this is the description, this is the role, role and responsibilities. this is what I'm signing up for. So when I go and do my job, I don't expect a celebration every single day because I did what was expected of me. Mm. If I go above and beyond, I then can expect promotions, raises, uh, alley boy, uh, all the other bonuses and things that come along with that for going above and beyond the described roles and responsibilities. When I do not meet what is listed in that role, um, in that description, in those roles and responsibilities, when I do not meet that, those basic requirements of that job that I signed up for, when I do not meet those requirements, then there's a conversation. I can't then say, well boss, I'm doing everything else right, well done, because you're supposed to.
0: <laughs> Got it. You're
1: supposed to. So I hope I, I you hear my heart. You know, because um, again, regardless of how we come into motherhood, everyone doesn't have the luxury of plans, family planning, choosing, um sometimes things happen right um so i acknowledge that i also acknowledge that it still was a choice made to remain a parent mm. and when you make that decision you have now signed up for what comes with that and now motherhood isn't like the job that has the listed roles and responsibilities i do i acknowledge that as well but again meeting the child's basic needs is a part of the game this is a part of it so do i owe my parents respect and honor sure but i don't think any of us owe some elaborate celebration for having our basic needs man i know that sounds harsh but again we didn't ask to be here we were forced into this family and to deal with all that comes along with that It is reasonable to expect basic needs are met. And I say that so respectfully. Please hear my heart.
0: And can I tell you, I heard your heart from the very first moment you started speaking. I hear your heart. And I hope that mothers hear your heart as well that's listening. So I'm going to say something. I started writing like crazy over here, trying to, because I (laughs) didn't want to miss anything. You talked about um, not choosing to come here. And you said that for mothers, fathers, children, you didn't put it just on the children. You said because we all were a child, someone's child. I am a product of um, my mom was going to abort me beforehand because of the circumstances in which I came about that she was lied to about. And so I have the blessing of having someone else as a father to raise me. Mm My mom made the decision to keep me. So that was a choice that she made. And coming up, I had a tongue that could unleash a rabbit from his hiding place. Okay. So... No, I didn't curse my mom or do anything like that. It just was if she said blue, I said who, you know, I (laughs) had something to say. And so I, I can look back now and I can see um, what actually earlier on, um, by the time I was 20, I understood genuinely the gratefulness and the blessings that I had, that my parents made a decision to say, you will be here and. I'm able to see, God, you had a plan all along that I did not see. Now, with that being said, I got that butt tapped when I would get it <laughs> kept growing up. If you was uh, if you didn't do something right and I had a mouth on me. So yes. um, <laughs> I was getting that butt tapped every yes. step of the way. My father wasn't the hands on. My mother was. And that's going to bring me mm-hmm. to something else, which is the second part of this. But when I didn't my mother, I didn't hold that against my mom. And I, I often wonder if social media has played a part in making people think it's okay to be disrespectful to parents because I'm telling you, that's where that phrase come from. I'm not going to raise my child or my children the way I was. I said that about my daughter. I said, oh no, my mother was hard on me. I am not about to do my daughter that way. And for all... T- you know all purposes intended I didn't um my Mm -hmm. daughter wasn't getting the whoopings all the time but when she had to get mangled up you being disrespectful (laughs) I'm about to mangle you up right so that's the phrase (laughs) (laughs) that's what I did like I just we about to and she say that's abuse she said you was abusive Mm -hmm. to me and the but I respect my mom my mom Mm -hmm. came for me with (laughs) them I talked about this I said we should be able there should not be a statute of limitation on some of this stuff y'all did to us right? But I love her. And it didn't happen when I was 25, 30, 40. We're not going to go any further than my age, okay? So I loved her early on and I respected and knew, okay, so what you're speaking of now, I knew then in my early 20s, okay, they didn't come with a rule book. Yeah, She didn't do what she did to hurt me. She loved me. And... I respect her on the principle mm-hmm. that she's my mother mm-hmm. alone. That settles it. It. Mm-hmm. There is nothing else. Her being my mother settles it. And there were basic needs that I did not get met. Let's just be clear because I didn't grow. We didn't grow up early on with the best of everything. But what I knew was that my mother even with her going upside my head for this mouth of mine, the reason why she was doing it was because she loved me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I'll let you respond to that. But I have a statement I want to state about fathers. Yeah. If you want, did you want me to go ahead or did you want to oh, comment? Yeah, on yeah, okay, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, so fine. the part I'm going to bring to that is fathers. My, I had my mother and father in the home until I was late teens when they divorced. And went separate, But my father still was active in our life, my sister and I life. And so I was not my father's biological child, but no one would ever have known it. Now fathers, there's this misconception that when there's a mother and a father in the home, there's not going to be any trouble with the kids like they'll grow up just perfect. We know that's not true. It doesn't matter that there's a mother and a father in the home because you're an example that, because if I understand correctly, you had your mother and your father in the home. So that, that brings me to this question. Why does the mother get the bulk of the hardship when there's a mother and a father in the home? And the only thing I could think of is you know, you better not go to daddy with this mess. Cause he not about to, I knew better than to come to my father and he never would put his hands and whoop us. He was the play with us type and all of that. So mother was more of a disciplinary and needed to make sure that we, she did their constructive criticism so that we would be on the right path. Why daddy, you just joking with us. Mother's making sure we're growing up to be productive women in the world. So why does mom get, the backlash in that's, daddy. Heavy.
1: that's heavy that's layered okay and that is probably a whole other episode <laughs> so i gave a good question i didn't know <laughs> that's a wonderful question um so i'm gonna use myself as an example okay. let me first say this there are mother wounds are just as common as father wounds we, we all most have with daddy issues, right? Like father wounds are extremely common. So Mm -hmm. common that, you know, it's talked about culturally, you know, even there are guys who date certain women and they're like, Oh no, she got daddy issues. It's just very common to sort of point to what a, what daddy issues look like in in people. So Mm that is very common. We just, we just don't talk about mother wounds as often. Um, So, yeah, there's not like, you know, mother wounds are more common than father wounds or vice versa. It's pretty common across the board.
0: I did a Um, podcast on that just so you know, absentee fathers in our adult children's lives.
1: And and there can be absentee fathers who are also in the home, like you just said. I did that. Um, Yes,
0: that was a part of it. It's true.
1: (laughs) So I think I'm going to use myself as an example again because I don't want to project. So... Like you said, I did have both of my parents in the home. My mother was very much a disciplinarian, and the woundedness that I experienced from my father was more um, covert than overt. So, um, I, what I was what I was experiencing from my mom was very like direct. It was me and her uh, versus my dad. Maybe he wasn't there as much. It was more so his absence, right? Um, mm-hmm. And or whatever that was, it was almost always like the lack of something from my father, um, because he was not disciplinarian. Um, he let him he let him on handle that that thing, right? So she was the one that was much more hands on. I do believe had those roles switched, and he was the one that was more hands on with me, and did the exact same thing. It would be it would have been you know similar results. So that's just an example, right? My personal example is what I was experiencing from my mother was just very direct. Like I am experiencing this direct disrespect from this person. You know what I'm saying? I um, and the bigger picture to that is we live in a society. We live in a patriarchal society that places the, the majority of the burden of parenthood on women. It's not fair. It's not fair. Yes. It's not right. And I would go as far to say as if there was if we had better systems in place, culturally, familiarly, if things were set up in a way where where the, the load and the burden was shared. Um, and there were no such thing as gender roles and the, and fathers, regardless of they were absent in the home, or absent out of the home if they were more involved and active, um, maybe we wouldn't have as much woundedness. And let me be very clear i'm not blaming men for the ways our families are set up i'm simply acknowledging the pay, the, the, the of patriarchy mm-hmm. and i also acknowledge that today today um most black fathers are active that is a statistic like most black fathers today are active i need to acknowledge that because there's a lot of misconception around that but but also um we do know there are tons and tons of people who have experienced absentee fathers mm-hmm. um so yes yeah, that's extremely layered, but I hope I spoke to it a little bit that yes. um
0: did I love the direct
1: yeah yeah it's, it's direct. Like a, a direct um uh,
0: no I know exactly what you're saying yeah. and hopefully I don't, I don't want to use my uh,
1: words right again yes. let me
0: help with this too with the women. Uh, when you're saying, because my daughter has said that to me and my daughter was raised in a single parent home. So it was just she and I, and I doted on her. Like she was, I live my life around my daughter. When I say I live my life around my daughter, that's a literal statement. I may have suffocated. I, I believe I did. I believe I suffocated her Uh, to a capacity. Uh, It was just when I look back on it, oh my goodness, <laughs> like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who she probably was ready to break free. <laughs> like we like, get away from <laughs> this. But um so I the directness, my daughter would say things like, It's you're it's like you don't like me. And but yes. the thing was there were things about her behavior that I did not like. I loved her, but here's what I want to say, if I can say this, because I don't um we we will probably we're coming close. Up on our time, and I don't want us to overstep your time as well, because I have two questions. I want you to close us out with the answer. But I'll say this: when it comes to our daughters, um, I think matter of fact, let me go. I want to read it just how I have it, because I did not want to miss this um, yeah. um, statement that I had. But it had to, being with our daughters, productive, or how do I word it, the way. My daughter and I, when she would let me know about the directness with me, and I, it was like, I don't like some of your ways. And because I don't like some of your ways, she found that to be that I did not love her. And so what I found was that with my daughter, she needed the very thing that I was a deficit to give her. I couldn't give her. And that was emotion. She needed an emotional attachment with me that she could not get. And again, I didn't know at the time. I just did not know. And I I say it that way because it hurts me to think that my child went through all those years And I'm giving her love, but she's missing what her love language really was. And so she needed that to help her to be even more productive. I saw even with her, uh, my daughter would, she was very productive at night. And so she would be sleepy all during the day, even up until adulthood. And I used to call that slothfulness. Like you lazy. I don't understand what the problem is. Well, I've learned that it may not be that she's lazy. It could be other things going on. It could be, and I'm going to, this is a plug for you. I'm going to throw in here a, a plug for your podcast because I watched one of your podcasts and it's speaking about um, ADD and it's, uh, you have the, it's attention deficit hyper. It's another phrase mm-hmm. for it now. It's yeah, not even ADHD. ADD anymore. Yes. Yes. And that's one of the symptoms of that. You are productive at night, but you're tired during the day. But when I was coming up, that's called laziness. And because we didn't have the proper education or the tools to understand these different things, what could be possibly happening? And I'm not putting that on my daughter, but what I'm saying is think about, if we could think about, What really is going on with the individual versus just slapping this label on them and saying that they're lazy? And then to further that, why is it that mental health has to be a bad stigma? on us. It's no different than a sin. The word of God tells us no one sin is greater than the next. So if we sitting around here pointing the finger at one person about what they're doing, hello, hello, hello. Jesus also said before you take the plank out of that person's eye, you might want to get the one out of your own eye. And the reason why I stated that way is because we all have issues that we come up against. So why do we put a stigma on a mental chemical imbalance? And we have been known to do that and I am guilty of doing that earlier on with my own daughter you know and we want to pray it away you know Lord gonna get rid of this like some things there are things in place to help them with this and so I realized that I did my daughter a disservice because now she has children and what, is, what could possibly be projected off to them that I missed the mark on because it was missed on the mark before me mm-hmm. or all the society around us?
1: Mm-hmm. Which is why it's that generational thing, right? It's a generational yeah. deficit. Um, none of us have a mother loan randomly. Our mothers have mother loans. Yeah. And um, I have, oh, I have so much to say. Lord, help me get this out in a concise way. Um, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging you saying you, you've acknowledged all throughout our conversation, but you saying I did my child deserve disservice. I think that's so powerful because there is no way we get to restoration and reconciliation without acknowledgement. Yeah. And it's so simple yet. Oftentimes it's the hardest thing for moms to do for us, even, even before an apology acknowledgement goes so far yeah. and helps us so much to overcome the pain of our past so thank you on behalf of adult daughters thank you because you you saying that you sharing that will be healing for someone for many people who will never who will never hear their moms knowledge the pain they cause. um and i and i hope um i hope your daughter um i hope you and her come to a place where you guys continue to experience new levels of restoration so i had to say that Thank so you. what you were saying about um, um mental health and the stigma i want to tie into something you said earlier and you're talking about how you like love 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 your daughter so much and you know like everything you did was for her and i believe that that is um a sentiment that most mothers w- will share in common um i if i could define love in one word that would be acceptance. I think that if we pull it all down, peel it all down, what when we feel most love, I think we should assess what we feel. How what, what are we experiencing? When I when I when I feel someone loves me, what does that look like? And I simply put that as acceptance. Um so what happens is what we what we hear is mom saying, I love you so much. I love you so much. And at the same time, not accepting for us for who we are. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you love me, but you're calling me lazy. And this is just my personality to be more productive at night. You're saying you love me, but you're demanding. I meet your mm-hmm. standard of daughter and not accepting that. I may have been created for some other purpose than to meet the image you placed on me you're saying you love me but you don't accept that i have different passions than yours you're saying you love me but you don't like the fact that that i don't want to go to college maybe or Mm. that i don't want to do the things that will make you happy you're saying you love me, but you don't accept me Mm. so yeah it's hard it's hard to 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 embrace the the love of a mother when we don't feel accepted and yes, it is easier for us to go to the spaces and the places and even the people and even mothers, other mothers or other women who are motherly figures, it's easier for us to go to those places because they are safe. They are, they are accepting. And even when those spaces may not agree with us, there's acceptance. Because see, we think that acceptance means agreement. I don't have to agree with you to accept you. I can love you and all of your flaws, all of your stuff. And I can still have my boundaries and still have my standards and still have my core values, mm. but I simply accept you as you are and choose to walk with you throughout whatever iteration, whatever version of you you are. So I think we have to we have to be honest yes. about what acceptance looks like in our mother child relationships. Cause a lot of these mamas who love us don't accept us. And that's just the truth.
0: Let me say something to you right now, Allison. Okay, that I grabbed my notes because that literally is here. As I was going through it, came I said, "Lord, what if love looks like me just saying I accept you for who you are?" So I'm going to say right now that that's confirmation. So women mothers and daughters because there are daughters that are having daughters and their daughters you have a mother so there's acceptance on both parts as well and that acceptance simply means as you said so you said if I could define love with one word it's acceptance so if I can define acceptance with one word it's love they go Mm. together I am so in awe of you as a young woman making the steps and the strides to do it the right way. You're wanting the healing between you and your mother the right way. And you're wanting to see it in other daughters. And that is my whole purpose. That's the reason why I've stepped outside of my comfort zone to say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm obedient unto you. I'm going to give you the last two questions so I don't hold you. And are you ready? Before you
1: go to that, before you go to that, can I please say this to adult daughters, to the people like me, um, that acceptance, like you just said, goes two ways. We will not get to a place of healing until we also accept our mothers. We have to accept that they may never give us what we need. Mm. That does not, that cannot be an excuse for us to not heal. We have to accept that they gave us everything they could they gave us everything they had and we're going to have to take that and now repair ourselves we have to accept them for they are for the for the controlling uh, passive aggressive whatever whatever they are we have to accept that because to do anything else would be to become who they are. And now we're trying to be manipulative and controlling and demanding they be someone they have no capacity for. And that can lead us to a very dangerous place of pride, right? Mm-hmm. We have we cannot change anybody. We have no power, no authority to change anybody. Heck, it's hard enough to change ourselves, okay? <laughs> so we <laughs> have to come to a place of acceptance of who our mothers are, all of their mm-hmm. stuff all of the whatever it is whoever she is we have to do the work to accept her and i promise you when you get to that place of acceptance of your mother it'll be so much easier to forgive her because you then see her, her limitation her capacity You're like oh man she how could she didn't even have it she didn't have it to give how can I be mad at someone for not giving me something that something they did not have how can I be upset my pain is valid my feelings are valid but how can I be mad? and angry at a mother who did not give me something that she did not have. She didn't have access to it. She didn't know how to go get it. She just didn't have it. But I now have. we all now have access to get those same things we need. We get our needs met differently now. Now we have the tools and the resources and mentors and friends and therapists and Jesus himself. Yeah. To give us the things we need to meet our needs. And now we can soothe our inner child. Now we can calm them and say, I got this now. You can relax now. I got you. You're safe now. Maybe not because of what she did, but you're I got you now. We we good and grown now. This yeah. on me. So yes, I I had to say that that love is acceptance and that love goes both ways. We have to accept our moms for who they are, whether they change or not.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm glad that you did say it. Cause I, you know, we want to be able to say that, but I am so glad that you did say it. And I love that your relationship with the Lord, that's powerful as well, because we want that relationship with the Lord, but we're strained in that relationship with him as well. When we have that malice and that bitterness in our hearts, his word tells us that he hears not our prayers when we have that malice in our hearts like that. So we want that relationship with him. That healing has to come Period. As you said, per- put a period on it. It just has to come. Now, you kind of already answered, but here's the two part question What can you share with a mother that can help them connect with their adult, their adult daughters now? And the number two is What can you share with a daughter that has the pain, but their mother has put in the work and now sees and understands how to do this well? although not perfect.
1: Mm.
0: So the mother that's done it, she's put in the work, but a daughter that's still living in the pain, what advice can you give her? And you kind of just did that. And then the mother, what can you share with the mother that can help them connect with their adult daughters now, a mother like me?
1: What I would say to the mother is ask yourself what's more important is the relationship with your child more important than the image you are so desperately trying to protect is ego more important is the child more important and i think when we are honest about that we can then set aside shame guilt and whatever else comes along with the with coming into the awareness that you didn't meet the mark in every area. Because mm-hmm. none of us like to hear where we failed. I mean, we're just not set up that way. None of us enjoy hearing that. Um, so I think it is, I believe it's very important for the mother to be honest with herself and make a decision, what's more important? Am I going to pack for my baby or am I going to defend my ego, and my image? Yes. Um, and from there, I think everything else will flow. Cause when, when there's no more shame, um, we get to share our stories and we get to liberate ourselves and say, you know what, this happened to me or that, or I didn't get this. And, and it's just open, right? Me and my mom have much more beautiful, open transparent conversation today than we ever have. And it has not been easy. It has not but I'm so grateful to be in this phase. Are we perfect now? No, we have a long ways to go, but we are so much further in this journey than we've ever been. And that mm-hmm. is all thanks to God, because it's God who ultimately changes our heart. Right? So make that decision. What's more important, the relationship or our, our image? Yes. Yeah. Um, to the daughter. Mm. I would say something similar. What do you really want? I had to ask myself this because in sharing my, my, my story and sharing my experience with my mom and telling her, this is what happened. This is what you did, what you didn't do. This is what I needed, what I wanted. I then had to ask myself, if she gave you those things today, would you receive them? Mm. If she gave you those things today, would you even want them? Has your heart grown so cold that you are no longer open to even the idea of reconciliation? I cannot tell you what's right or wrong. Um, I'm never going to demand that a victim um, opens himself up and and makes himself vulnerable to further harm, never gonna do that. Um, I'm not one who says just because she's my mama, I'm not that person because abuse is abuse, period. Right. And we would not expect that a victim of sexual abuse, domestic violence to somehow, um, hold space for that abuser to come back into them, to their space. Right. So I'm not, I want to be be very careful in saying this, what do you want? Do you want a better relationship or do you just need to be heard? Mm -hmm. Do you want The relationship to actually improve or do you just need her to know what happened or do you just need to make her feel how you feel. Does it make you feel good to to poke. Um, I had to ask myself those questions because when I when I did see those laws coming out with my mom and when I did see her working hard. I had to then acknowledge that my heart wasn't ready for it yet because I was so afraid of being on to mm-hmm. again. I was so afraid that this wouldn't last. I was so afraid that this is just a facade. This is just, let me check the box. You know, mm-hmm. she says she needs this, let me just go and get, you know what I'm saying? I, I was afraid that it wasn't authentic. Um, so I think to the daughter, we have to be honest about what we really, really want and commit to that. If you are wanting a better relationship a restored relationship, you too my dear are going to have to take the guard down and that is tough it comes with risk it comes with risk but if you see the fruit if you see your mom coming toward you right Mm -hmm. because it's healing the you can heal by yourself right we can heal our inner child by ourselves but the actual relationship takes two two parties and if you see your mother doing the work and coming towards you at some point you've got to meet her you've got to meet her at some point So be honest about that. And if you decide you don't want that relationship, you have that right. But do, we cannot dishonor though, because that's still a commandment. It's still a commandment that we honor our parents. How we honor them, that's case by case. Sometimes honor looks like I just cannot see you anymore because being around you triggers me. We're gonna Mm -hmm. get into a fight. I'm gonna curse you out. And before I disrespect you, I won't even come around you right? Mm -hmm. That is honor too. We just have to be honest about it. We have to Mm -hmm. be honest. So yes, to the mother, what's more important? And to the daughter, what do you really, really, really want? And if you really want that restored relationship, embrace when your mother begins to
0: do Mm -hmm. the work. Oh my goodness. You know what? There is nothing I can say behind that But to leave that right where it is, I mean that because I don't want to tarnish tarnish anything that a mother and a daughter just heard. I do want to say thank you. I appreciate you so much for coming to spend time with us. You have really touched me and have changed so many thoughts in my own mind that I've been asking God for clarification on. So I thank you for that. I do.
1: Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you, thank you, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for creating this space and not just having this episode, but having a whole platform to have these conversations from the mother's perspective, because in the work that I do, um, I have not yet had a client or a person that I've helped that has said my my mother has acknowledged what she did. I've not had that Mm -hmm. yet. It's not common, what you're doing is rare. It's necessary, and I thank you. Mm-hmm. I thank you so much because it's healing. Even the hard part about doing this kind of ministry is even if you don't get to see the benefit of it in your own life, other people are being healed, even by your story. So thank
0: you. It is my pleasure because I love my daughter. And now that I know I have an emotional space that needed to be given to her, it's hers to have. So And there are many things that I didn't get right. So it is what it is. But I did say I wasn't going to say anything. But you (laughs) do. I do want to say this on here. And we will end it with this. You actually do coaching for mothers and daughters. And you do. You have an actual devotional download that you do. So once a month, we do or I do a monthly giveaway. And it's normally a trueness of the words t-shirt that I'll um, do a giveaway on. But What I'm going to do when we do the drawing at the first of the month, I'm actually going to give away one of your coachings and I'm going to give away one of your uh, devotional giveaways. So ladies, if you want one, you can put it in there (laughs) because we're going to make sure that Allison is able to provide one lucky mother or daughter with coaching and someone will get a devotional. So thank you so much,
1: thank you thank oh. you so much I, oh. pre- I greatly
0: appreciate that oh you are welcome you are welcome so we're gonna end it there thank you my truth i'm honored that god has placed this before me and i'm looking forward to all that he alone will do by way of healing for so many women including myself